Hello, and welcome to the Cosmic Cauldron with hosts Jamie and Charlotte, where we discuss spirituality, paganism, witchcraft, holistic lifestyles, and everything in between. So gather around the cauldron every Wednesday, where we brew up a new topic. Hello, and welcome back to the Cosmic Cauldron, Season 2, Episode 10. St. Patrick's Day, good fortune, and magic. Now, this is a holiday that although I have participated in some, and we'll get more into that later, I really did not know the, I guess, the whole story around it, but this was a listener request and an idea we had been tossing around. So we thought with St. Patrick's Day right around the corner, why not talk a little bit about its history and some ways that you can practice if you are pagan. (laughs) Yeah, we wanted to take the opportunity to dig into this holiday a little more. Uh, This isn't a pagan holiday by any means, but we wanted to get into some of the history, some of the ways it relates to paganism, and then we'll get into a few other fun details later on. So Jamie, do you want to lead us into the history of St. Patrick's Day? Yes, yes, I do. So St. Patrick's Day actually, I mean, obviously celebrates the life of a man called St. Patrick. Um, and he, it's it's up in the air, actually, whether he was ever officially made a saint or if everyone just called him that. Um, but he was born in the early 5th century. And he actually grew up in what was Roman Britain at the time, which is a very interesting time in history, but he was actually kidnapped when he was 16 years old. That I did not know. It doesn't really say who he was kidnapped by, but he was taken to Ireland to be a slave for about six years. He was there. And this is where I thought like originally I was like, oh, I bet this is why he like wanted to come back and like turn everybody to Christianity because he was mad that he got kidnapped. Right. But I think I was a little bit off base. Maybe. I don't know. We'll discuss that here in a minute. But he did eventually escape slavery. And again, they didn't say exactly what day that was, but he did end up going back to Ireland years later to be a missionary. The idea that St. Patrick actually like drove the pagans out of Ireland is said to be a little bit inflated and that really he just came back as a missionary, just, you know just a guy who wanted to spread the good word. You know what I mean? But is that the, you know, Christianity whitewashed version of the story? You know, I think you might have more for us about that here in a little bit. Yeah, I will get into what, what I do know about it. You know, like you're saying, it is, it's difficult to pin things down. And I imagine anybody who's been listening to us for a little while understands that it can get a little murky when you get into to the history of things, because for one thing, there's conflicting details. A lot of things weren't written down. You've got oral translations or you've even got translations amongst languages where things go kind of, you know, sideways. So, yeah, um, we'll be getting into that in just a little bit, but Kind of like what they're doing in the state of Florida right now with banning all of the books. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And all the books, <laughs> like all the books that are being rewritten right now, which like this is kind of off topic for a second, but there's so many books that are being rewritten to take out like potentially harmful or disrespectful 
um, or, you know, racist type of rhetoric or phrases and things in books, like classic books um, and stories from, you know, hundreds of years ago. And while on one hand, I am glad to see that, to see that people are becoming more empathetic, I guess, to other people. But at the same time, it's like we keep whittling down history. So it's like, how do we know what the story really is? when they keep changing little details and things like this, you know, a hundred years from now, are they going to look back at these books and go, Oh no, these people were so nice. You know, <laughs> like having no idea how they <laughs> actually spoke, I guess, historically speaking, like don't come for me. I'm not saying they should leave that stuff in the books, but I'm just saying like it muddles history. Like you were saying. Yeah. I mean, that sort of adaptation and, see, I see the, the book banning a little differently. It's, it's pretty pointed. A lot of the books are, you know, from a queer or minority perspective. So, and it's it's typically these newer books because they don't want to have an open dialogue. They don't want that to infiltrate history. And it's, it's very shameful, very shameful. Book banning of any sort is, is, is pretty fucking shameful. But mm-hmm. that's a little, little side note. There are things that you know happened throughout history that that's one of the reason our history is so whitewashed so Mm -hmm. it's it's the the story of uh who emerged victorious and that that's that's who gets to tell their story and it's it's been unfortunate historically and modern day and the only other thing that i wanted to mention uh before charlotte takes over is that St. Patrick might have been the person who popularized the shamrock um, in the way that we see it today. Maybe not quite in the way that we use it today, um, but he related it to the Holy Trinity, I guess, in his missionary work or whatever. And that is said to be why it's so closely associated, that symbol, with St. Patrick's Day celebrations today. I mean, obviously, it's the national was it the national plant or flower for Ireland? Is it a flower or a plant? It's not a flower. It it does flower because it's the white clover. And the white clover mm. actually does have some flowers on it. So I would consider it a flower. Um, I would have to double check that. Um, if this is still in here, by the time you hear this, know that I fact checked it. So <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yes. So there is some contention with modern day pagans and the association of St. Patrick's Day. And I've heard a few varying perspectives on this. So when St. Patrick made his way over to Ireland, there are some interpretations which say that he drove out the Druids. In popular folklore, he ridded the island of snakes. So some modern day pagans will choose to wear an emblem of a snake rather than a clover to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. And when they do this, they're they're sort of celebrating St. Patrick's Day, but instead of celebrating the life of St. Patrick, they are celebrating the death of St. Patrick. Of the same token, there is no real 
proof that this happened. And it's said that paganism carried on for longer after his death. So he didn't actually drive the pagans or quote unquote snakes from the island. And the association with this snake was in some sources said to be that the druids would tattoo a serpent on their skin. So the driving of the snakes became sort of a euphemism for driving out the druids or the pagans of Ireland. Now, there's no real record that these druids had the snake tattoos or that this actually occurred the way that some pagans believe it did. However, however, he wasn't exactly promoting paganism. <laughs> there, there were a few little crossovers, like you've got the Celtic cross with the sun on it, you know, to... to honor the worship of the sun, you know, to make it a little more palatable to these pagans being converted over to Christianity. So now on the other side of this is the fact that these snakes aren't necessarily a euphemism. There really isn't snakes on the island of Ireland. However, however, this has less to do with St. Patrick and more to do with like the ice age. So, but it, it did, it has a literal translation and a figurative translation. So some pagans have chosen to believe that he drove the snakes out of Ireland, meaning the pagans who inhabited the island. However, it, it does seem that paganism did carry on after his life. So, so it's, it's definitely open to interpretation. Yeah, I guess it just depends on your perspective and what you want to believe, but this is what we know. And I thought that I would throw in a little interesting fact here, especially since we're in Florida, but apparently the first recorded St. Patrick's Day parade did not actually take place in Ireland, but in America. Um, the records show that it happened in St. Augustine, Florida on March 17th, 1601. That's such an adorable town, too. <laughs> I know. Of all the rich history there, I, I wasn't aware of, of this one. Um, but as we now know, uh, Pensacola is actually the oldest city, but St. Augustine was one of the still one of the first colonies here. So it's no surprise. And it was it was an Irish person that was running the colony, if I remember correctly, Um so that's probably why. <laughs> um, but I just thought that was an interesting detail. I would never have guessed. So some of the modern day celebrations, really, from what I've seen from experience, is just drinking and usually green beverages. However, however, there, there's a little more substance to it than that and not just booze. A lot of modern day celebrations, they wear the color green, there's parades, you know, there's festivals and concerts, and of course, drinking and socializing and debauchery. Debauchery. It's, it's another one of those, yes, <laughs> it's another one of those party holidays, you know. Yeah, it really has been turned into a bit of a monster, which is such a far cry from how it all began. Yeah, and... You know, much like green, there's some other common symbols, you know, like we've talked about the, the clover. And it's only the three-leaf clover. Even though the four-leaf clover has since been adapted to sort of be a symbol of, of good luck and gets worn a lot, you know, during St. Patrick's Day. 
it's not really one of their symbols. Another one is the leprechaun. So I got curious enough about this. <laughs> why? Why the leprechaun? And it's it's a part of Irish mythology. It's folklore there. They're, you know, these little mischievous creatures. They're adjacent to fairies. They're actually considered a member of the Fae. And it's said that the association likely began around the 20th century when the, the holiday became more about celebrating the Irish culture. However, like there's no direct correlations with the saint, St. Patrick and the leprechauns themselves. But I do find leprechauns and the, the folklore surrounding them a bit fascinating. It is. I've actually... I've got a couple of books that talk about um, the history of leprechauns and I've listened to some YouTube videos, like just learning about like Irish mythology and, and the, the Fae and um, seeing some tours around to where people believe they are. And it, it's pretty interesting. Irish uh, mythology is actually quite complicated. Oh yeah. Yeah. I feel that way with most of them when I get down into researching them. So while celebrating St. Patrick's Day is entirely up to you, maybe you're an Irish witch and this has, you know, some form of importance to your practice because there's a lot of, of folk witches who incorporate Christian religions into their practice. So if this is in your wheelhouse or something you would like to do, you can honor St. Patrick's Day through celebrating, getting out there, uh, getting into nature, connecting, meditating. You could wear green to promote good fortune or growth or luck. You could adorn yourself with Celtic symbols if that's a part of your practice or your heritage. You know, there's the Celtic cross. You could work with crystals during this time, particularly those associated with prosperity or perhaps they're green like green aventurine, malachite, moss agate. These would be good ones to work with to honor St. Patrick's Day if that's a part of your practice or even if you want to celebrate his death, this could be a good way to do so. So whichever way that you're leaning on this issue... There are ways to incorporate it into a modern practice. And another thing that I mentioned briefly earlier was that some pagans do wear a serpent symbol on this day. Now, I always wear a serpent symbol. So it's, it's, if you see me with it on St. Patrick's Day, this is not a statement. It's just the necklace that I wear most often. So. <laughs> <laughs> Another interpretation of this would be to create your own good luck charms. Now, this doesn't have to be a symbol for St. Patrick's Day, uh, you know, such as a four-leaf or such as a clover or even a four-leaf clover. It can be many things, you know, depending on your background and what your likes are. There are several things you can make into good luck charms, like horseshoes. You can make coins into good luck charms rabbit's feet which is an old one but i think they still exist <laughs> acorns acorns are a symbol of good luck i aside from my serpent neck necklace necklace i always wear my cornicello which is a good luck charm to me it, it's kind of sort of more of a preventative to to keep that evil eye off of you but but it's still my good luck charm um wishbones are considered good luck you can enchant, you know, certain jewelry or, you know, you know, like that lucky pair of underwear or a lucky pair of socks. I don't 
I don't see that around as much as I did in like the 90s sitcoms. But... Oh my gosh, I have to I have to interject here with a quick yes, story. Please do. So the other day mm-hmm. I was going through, I've been going through all my clothes and doing my like twice yearly, three times yearly, like donation. <laughs> and yes, um, I was going to throw away like a bunch of like panties and underwear and stuff that I just don't wear anymore. You know, we collect tons and tons and most of them we don't really wear. And I had these St. <laughs> Patrick's Day ones. Um, and on the butt, I think it said my lucky panties or something like that. And she comes in the living room and she's like, mom, what are these? <laughs> My lucky panties, girl, damn. <laughs> she was looking through some of my old ones um, that I had never, just never even worn before. And she's like, oh, I want these. And I was like, sure. Are we at that stage now where you're like wearing my bras and my underwear and everything? Um, yes. Yeah, apparently so. But it was, it was cute. But then I was just like, yeah, I was like, well, you're not wearing those. <laughs> so those are, <laughs> they will those not are going your in the lucky panties, ma'am. <laughs> No. <laughs> hard pass i'm good <laughs> oh shit so along the same lines of having lucky underwear you know there there's particular clothing like i was saying the, the lucky socks i really don't see that trope on modern television the way that i used to see it and, and like what was that? Nickelodeon? I don't know. There was always some ridiculous oh, shows and they had some lucky socks or some shit like that. I miss Nickelodeon. I don't know. The way it right? used to be. <laughs> right? It's it's been a while, so I'm I'm pulling out of the depths of my memory, so so just Oh my gosh, so much slime. Wrong. These kids think right? they invented slime. <laughs> no. No. Please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had the market cornered. In 1990-something. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, there's other good luck symbols, you know, like certain medals. Perhaps you won an award. That could be a lucky a good luck charm. Depending on the size, it might not be optimal to carry. You know, this really depends. Uh, some cultures... Some cultures have good luck dolls. I know, like, I believe it's Central and South America. They have the worry dolls. There's also a doll in Japanese culture. And these are symbols of good luck. Um, in Egyptian, the, the symbol of the Ankh is considered a good luck charm as well. There's so many things that you can make into a good luck charm, even if it doesn't already have those correspondences attached to it. So... Just following the the overall vibe of St. Patrick's Day, you know, where it once was a celebration of a particular saint, whether or not he was saintly or not, uh, there's there's a heavy emphasis on luck, good fortune, prosperity. Because when you think about it, you think of the clover or you think of the leprechauns and the pot of gold. There, there's There's a lot of prosperous energy surrounding this time. And... Because of that, I believe it's a good time to participate in some prosperity magic. Now, I have been throwing everything but the kitchen sink at my prosperity magic work recently. So I didn't even need this excuse, but I will be doing something for St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, uh, I think it just aligns really well with the season as well, you know, spring is about, you know, birth and everything blooming and everything being so abundant again. And so I think it just flows naturally 
um, with the, the time of year. I mean, I guess it depends on, you know, where exactly you are. It might still be really cold, but generally speaking, yes. um, March can be uh, definitely a time of blooming. I mean, I know I've been sneezing left and right. Everything's freaking blooming here. Yes. My allergies are blooming too. (laughs) (sighs) And I'm like a glutton for punishment because that doesn't keep me indoors or away from plants or anything like that. It's just enough for me to complain about it a little bit. So. Uh, This is the one time of year for about a month straight that I will take Claritin D every single day or I'm like a blubbery mess. Like I have a giant oak tree in my backyard and I know that oak is one of the ones that really bother me. So when it starts, you know, letting off its pollen, it's miserable. Like I can just get out of bed and walk to the living room like the other day and my eyes were just like dripping and my throat was itchy and I was sneezing. like, wow, I haven't even been outside yet. All right. This is cool. Yeah. It gets me all liquidy in the, the facial region, like mm-hmm. underneath, like I could hear it when I blinked. I was like, oh, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> how much, how much has to be in there that I can hear it as <laughs> I'm blinking? Around. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been so aware of, oh, of how often I blink. I'm like, I can, I can hear it. Can you hear it? And then I get real close to my husband and just like obnoxiously blink. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, that's hilarious. I'm just like picturing this in my mind and it's, it's really funny. (laughs) He puts up with a lot. I got to give it to him. (laughs) So when it comes to St. Patrick's Day, my personal experience with this, with this holiday is not extensive. Like I, it's never something where I felt convicted, you know, um, mostly probably because I just didn't know what the history was. Um, so the only time I've ever really participated when it was just to like chug green beer and have an excuse to drink all day long back when I was younger, definitely not now. <laughs> I think <laughs> Jamie's learned her lesson. Right. That, that, that's recovery. Two days minimum. Pass. Oh, absolutely. freaking Yeah. We don't have time for that anymore. <laughs> Sadly, but, no. Sadly, no. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I never knew the the exact history other than the, a few snippets here and there about the snake thing and um, that he was obviously like a Christian and all that. So I've learned a lot in this episode, um, but I'm probably a lot less likely to participate in St. Patrick's Day going forward for a couple of reasons, and I will list them. Firstly, my children's spring break always seems to fall on St. Patrick's Day, that Monday through Friday. So we're usually traveling and can't drink anyways. (laughs) But more importantly, because I just don't drink beer anymore and I hate hangovers. And I don't want to be commemorating another patriarchal Christian dude who just couldn't leave somebody well enough alone, I suppose. Because who knows what the real story (laughs) is. But um, just saying, I've never heard of pagan missionaries i mean i don't do they do that do we have groups of people that are like heroes that go around converting christians and atheists and that's just a christian thing right (laughs) i would love to see it though like show up with pamphlets excuse me do you have a moment (laughs) oh man like a comedy skit yeah i love it 
Uh, I just, I just thought, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe I'll just skip this one and just, uh, wear some snakes going forward. I, I will be, it's, it's my good luck charm. I, I think we've told the story on air about me and all the snakes. If not, I'm pretty sure I go over it in my column over at Pathios. And I believe I wrote a little bit about that in my book as well. But there was like a period of time where I kept seeing snakes. One of those times was with you. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say one of the very few times I've ever seen a snake while hiking was with Charlotte. So I can attest to (laughs) her weirdness with snakes, you know, whatever her relationship is with (laughs) snakes, um, because... Yeah, it was the biggest, by far the biggest. Like, I've seen, like, little bitty, like, racer snakes. But this was, like, a brown, what do they call it? Like, a brown rat snake, probably, or something. And it was it was pretty big. It was. I didn't know I could hurdle, like, that far. Like, I missed my calling in the Olympics, the way that I hopped over this thing. And I had a baby. And she, she was wasn't even a year old. I feel like we've told this story on the podcast, but it was so long ago if we did. Yeah, we're literally hiking. Yeah. She's carrying the baby. I'm behind her. And all of a sudden, she jumps with the baby, just like midair. Boom. And I'm like, ah, snake. <laughs> um, it was it was one of those moments where you really just had to be there. But I was, I was very proud of her. Her reflex was there. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> and by that time, I was already expecting them because I... I had hopped out of my Jeep like a week before and literally almost hopped down onto one. And I didn't really, I didn't live in a wooded area then. He was on my concrete driveway. Like he just popped up like, like one of those missionaries. Like, Hey, do you have a moment to talk to me? (laughs) (laughs) Did he have a tiny snake size pamphlet? (laughs) He should have. For you to leave. In fact, I want to know. (laughs) I want to know what he had to say. I do. <laughs> and and then it happened like two weeks later out in the freaking desert. And I'm like, okay, okay. I get it. I get it. Right? Like, I'm But ever since then, I've worn a... Yeah. Yeah. I've worn a snake pendant. Actually, I believe I had it before then. But it, it became really, you know, a, a staple piece in my wardrobe after all that. Yeah. Absolutely. And I actually... I just got my book back and I love the artwork throughout it. There's a bunch of snakes on the chapter and oh, the, the way, the way that the graphics team over at Llewellyn handled the, the artistry of the book is just beautiful. It is. I've seen a sneak peek and it is beautiful and I already pre-ordered mine. So you better go pre-order yours. Every single one of you listening. (laughs) Because it's going to be amazing, believe me. She is one hell of a writer. Um, she keeps me in line. Like this podcast wouldn't happen without her because she is so much better at that than I am. But yeah, I can't. I can't wait to read it. She's lying, guys. Jamie is the idea factory here for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we balance each other out. I I have ideas, but I have no idea how to conceptualize them into something that can actually work. So that's where you come in. that's why we make such a good team i'm like ooh, okay i can work with this we can do something yep and i'm like oh thank god okay because i wasn't even sure if that made sense or not great (laughs) yes yes so so this is a little behind the scenes how these episodes really come together (laughs) 
the real shit, folks. The real shit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so to round off this episode, I just wanted to give you guys some ideas of how you could celebrate St. Patrick's Day with out celebrating St. Patrick's Day. You do not have to honor this saint if he is not a part of your traditions or your practice, but you could lean into some of the energy surrounding the holiday. You could create a lucky charm or a charm bag spell uh, in which you would put herbs that correspond with prosperity in it and carry it around as a good luck charm. Alternatively, money and prosperity spells, like I mentioned earlier, are great. You could turn that into an oil as well. Uh, You could allow herbs that correspond with good fortune and luck to soak in oil. And then you could use this oil, depending on what the carrier oil is, either on your body or you could use this to dress candles for your prosperity spells. Um, which brings me into candle spells. Of course, there's never really a bad time to do one, but this could be a good time to dress a green candle in all those oils and herbs that I just mentioned and to really create that prosperity spell. Alternatively, you could do this in a bath form. I I know we've mentioned on here the way that I like to do my herb baths is to take like a muslin cloth and put it directly under the faucet and allow it to soak, uh, mostly because I already am responsible for the drains in my house and I don't want to pull that up along with my hair. So I'm just not going to do that. So (laughs) now what you would do for this is again, you would focus on ingredients that have correspondences with prosperity or wealth. You can also go about it from the angle of vitality and happiness. So for this, I would run myself a eucalyptus bath, sort of that menthol scent, get that going. And you can add other herbs like mints. And I would also include orange slices for this as well. Uh, For one thing, I love the scent. I love when they're mixed together. So this could be a very luxurious ritual bath for prosperity. Another interesting way and you know we're all book nerds here so i think we can all appreciate this though as i i'm going to spend some time learning a little bit more about irish pagan history for st patrick's day i think that's a way that you could honor it as well it's just by learning as much as you can and keeping the stories alive right if that's what's important to you um it is for me i think it is anyway so um that would be how i would go about doing it and i think is another just great Great thing to add to your day. You can sit down with a documentary or a book or something, have some tea, you know, and just uh, learn something new. Yes, I absolutely love that. Jamie does have some Celtic ancestry. I do, but it's it's so minimal and I've never felt the connection to it. But yeah, I think spending some time researching that history is a great way to spend this day. Yeah, I think it's just important to keep these these ancient ways of life alive. You know, like who else is going to do it? And that honestly was like usually the whole point of converting everyone to Christianity was to completely silence that whole portion of history like it never happened. You know, just like wipe it off the face of the planet. So there's still so much I'm sure that we'll never know yeah. about so many different cultures and things because of that. 
So we hope you've enjoyed this episode. Around the time that this is released, I will have an article out on my Pathios corresponding to this. And of course, I will link it in our stories. And as always, we will be releasing graphics to correspond with this episode. So if you would like to hear from us more, you can find us over at our Instagram at Cosmic Cauldron Podcast. So until next time, blessed be. Peace out. Peace out.